Hey guys, it's your girl E. I am here with another podcast. I hope you guys are doing wonderful and great. Uh, today's topic that I'm going to talk to you guys about is church hurt. Now, I know I spoke about this in the past, um, but this is something that I feel like God wanted me to speak on again. Um, and as I was reflecting on what it is that I wanted to say, there was a few key points that God wanted me to get across to you. But... Please bear with me. Sometimes you guys know that, you know, I give the word. Sometimes I give it too straightforward from what I've been told. And and sometimes it could come across as, oh, who is she talking to? But I I really am trying to get the message across. But I also do not want to sugarcoat things because when it comes to taking responsibility responsibility for oneself, that's where I kind of hit the hardest is because I feel like, when it comes to taking responsibility for your life and for your actions, not having control over a lot of the outside circumstances. A lot of times you have to not so much be harder on yourself because I know that's uh, like uh, kind of like the old way of looking at it. You know, and a lot of times we need to give ourselves more grace. But I, I mean, you know, being harder on yourself in in a, a healthy kind of way to in order to be able to push yourself forward and not not to stay into a dark place and, and not to stay down. So when I say, you know, be harder on yourself, I mean, you know, be harder on yourself in a, in a good way to where you can get up out of what it is that you're in, but not so, not so hard on yourself to where you're, you're going to break yourself in the process. So it's, it's, it's a well-balanced, um, well-oiled machine, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of the key points that God wants me to give to you, that I can give it to you in a way that is good, but if I come across too harsh if if you think I'm being a little too rough, it's 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 not that I'm doing it out of cold heartedness because trust me, this is this is one of the topics that I do have experience in, and this is one of the topics that I've actually experienced myself. So I'm coming from a place that that I understand because I've been there, but I'm also coming from a place of you know of of toughness because I I know that I got out of it. You can get out of it. You mean I can get out of it the same way that I've gotten out of it. But I know that you can you can overcome church hurt, right? So dealing with church hurt and 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 the subtitle to this is how to deal with church hurt and how to heal from the pain that came from a safe place, which is the pulpit. Um many of you may have experienced with going to church as a kid, some of you may have experienced with going to church as a young adult. Whatever level, whatever age that you begin going to church, it doesn't matter because all church hurt is church hurt. Not that it's the same, but what I mean is that pain from the pulpit is pain from the pulpit. I think that at one point or another, if not most or if not all, at least a good chunk of at least about 40% of the church population has dealt with some type of church hurt. And when I say church hurt, I mean church hurt as in you've dealt with anybody from the pulpit. You've dealt with anybody within the actual church, right? You've dealt with somebody who um, claimed to be a part of ministry, but but somehow you got the brunt end of the stick or something was said to you or about you in the pulpit. That's what I mean by church hurt. Anybody who has hurt you that has been a part of the church that's the church hurt i'm i'm talking about but specifically today 
what I'm also talking about is is the hurt that comes from the actual pulpit, right? Bottom line, if this has happened to you, it sucks. I've been on that side of the tracks before. I've seen it and I've dealt with it. But the bottom line, if you want to be set free, I honestly believe that the role that you will play in gaining your freedom is complete forgiveness. The things that I am about to embark on, the things that I'm about to tell you, the things that I feel like God has put in my heart, because I've also experienced this um, again, because if you guys look at the YouTube video that I did um, almost two years ago, I, I did a, uh, a a live interview with uh, my brother, Dr. Domo and Kenny, and we both talk about church hurt. And if you, I'll try to, you know, put a link in, a, in a, um, the podcast for it, but it was so touching. It was so moving because we both gave our testimonies and we both gave a lot of nuggets in there that can help people. And he went more in, intensive, uh, he actually, or he went more um, extensively into his church hurt um, and how he dealt with it. And then I gave some, some nuggets on what I dealt with. So Again, I'll link that to the podcast um, once I uh, I upload it and you can see it, right? But like I said, this is something that God has put on my heart again because I do believe that there is going to be a movement from God. I do believe that God is going to move by His Spirit and I do believe that, that God is trying to wake back up and He's trying to, to bring home the people who... Um, who have stayed outside of the church. I believe that he is calling people who who view a church as uh, in a certain way negatively. That's that is impacting their personal relationship with their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's impacting their relationship with God, and it's actually impacting their relationship with other fellow believers. Because, like the Bible says, "Iron sharpens iron." Yes, we can stand alone for a little bit in this world, but. We need that fellowship with one another. We need to, to, to be around one another. We need that fellowship. We need that anointing. We need that like mind. We need that atmosphere to where we can just break strongholds. And we need that atmosphere that when we come together, you can feel the presence of the God. Because with each of us having the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, when we gather in one place, right, there's power. And that reminds me of, of when um, Peter and John and them, uh, were told by Jesus to wait in a certain area and to wait for him. And they had waited 10 days in that area. And Jesus said, wait until I send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come unto you. In the meantime, while they were waiting in the upper room, it was about 120 of them. They were gathered together. They were singing praises. They were praying. But with them being there and being together in the same room, the anointing of God flowed so much. And that space and that area was so anointed. And that's what God is saying that you're missing. And God is calling, he's calling the people back to the church. Not because the church is perfect. Not because um, God only dwells there. Because we all know that um, God doesn't just dwell in the church. He dwells within us. But God wants you to have a safe place to go to. A place of worship. Even though you can worship in your home. Even though you can worship in your car. But the, the, the house of God is supposed to be the house of prayer. I believe that God is calling his people back. But in order to come back to church, in order to come back to the church that you left, you have to forgive because when you step inside what you thought you would never step inside of, you're going to be filled with a lot of hurt, with a lot of pain. And of course, you're never going to 
heal 100% because healing comes in in stages and it comes in waves and certain things may trigger you. But God says, I'm going to be with you. And as God is calling the people back to church and as he's calling people back to his building, to his place of worship, God is saying in order for you to go back to that place, you're going to have to forgive. Because if you're not going to forgive the person who hurt you or if, if, if you're not going to forgive the people who hurt you, whenever you go into church, you're, you're going to look at that pastor who, who they may be a new pastor at the, the old church that you used to go to. You may look at them and think, man, they probably ain't no good. They probably do the same thing that the other person has done to me. And God is saying, I want you to go to church. But if you forgive, you are going to be able to go to church with a new set of eyes, with a new heart, with a new mindset. So even though I'm, I'm harping on this, this topic again, to some of you, you may have never heard a message like this. And I want to tell you that you too can get over your church hurt. You too can get over the thing that um, has plagued you for years. And what I'm about to talk about is going to bring up some old wounds. But I know that for a fact that even though I'm bringing things up, that's going to to um, remind you that, yep, I was hurt by someone in the church it's also going to validate because for all these years, and this is something that God just put on my heart for all these years, God is saying you were walking around with church hurt and you never had anyone validate how you felt. Most of the people that you talk to, they probably brushed it off and they probably didn't want to listen because maybe they never dealt with their own church hurt. Because in dealing with your church hurt, it's going gonna, it's gonna to open up some wounds for them. And maybe they didn't deal with it properly or dealt with it properly. So now they don't want to deal with you. And God says, through this message, some of you are going to be validated. Without forgiveness, there is no moving on. And I know my last topic, I talked about forgiveness. But this specific topic, I'm going to talk about how to forgive people who have hurt you with inside the church. The, the, the place that was supposed to have been a safe haven. Without forgiveness, there is no moving on. You will not feel like forgiving. And you may even be at a place where you are not tired enough to let go of the hurt. But it's been long enough. Let me repeat that again. You may be at a place to where you're not tired enough to let go of the hurt. But it's been long enough. Long enough for God to say you've been here too long. 24 hours of holding on a grudge is too long. But God is saying you've been here too long. You may still be at a spot, at a place that you feel like you can hold on to the hurt as long as you are not validated, vindicated, and serve vengeance hard enough to make their grandchildren want to apologize. You're like, I'm going to still hold on to this hurt. And that's the thing. God is saying that some of you may be holding on to the hurt because you haven't been vindicated. You haven't been validated. And you haven't served vengeance. The three B's. Validation, vindication, vengeance. 
when any three of those V's happen amongst a person who felt like they've been wrong, until that happens, any one of those V's, validation, vindication, vengeance, you're probably not going to let it go. And God is saying, because that hasn't happened, you haven't let it go, but you've been holding on long enough, but not long enough to be so tired to where you just let go. It sucks and it's wrong. It's wrong on so many levels because let me tell you something. Pain should not come from the pulpit. Pain should not come from the pulpit. But it happens and they're human. But getting revenge won't help. I'm telling you right now, it won't because you want to know why. And this is something that God just put on my heart as I'm speaking this. And see, this is what I love about the Holy Spirit, because even though you can prepare for a message, you can write a message down, you know, you can write notes as you're speaking, as you're speaking, the Holy Spirit will still add things in. And this is what the Holy Spirit just added for me. When I was saying get a vengeance won't help. The Holy Spirit just reminded me of when David, before he was king, when David was still captain over the armies and he was being chased by, by Saul. And David had so many opportunities to hurt Paul, to hurt Saul. And he had so many opportunities to kill him. And David said, I will not touch God's anointed. Even though Saul did David dirty, he was jealous of him. He tried to kill him. David knew that no matter how wrong Saul was, God still called him. And some of you right now, you're probably wishing that the, the pastor would die. Somebody will fall dead flat, flat out on a pulpit. But I am here to tell you, and this is going to suck, and I know you don't want to hear this. But I am praying that as you are listening to my podcast, that you take this home. Some of the people in the pulpit that have hurt you are anointed by God. And some of them have been called by God. And they are a child of God. Now, yes, you have, uh, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing. Yes, you have that. You have Satan who can hide behind a cloth and, and try to pretend to, to, to preach the gospel. But we all know that that's false. But you do have people in the pulpit that are children of God and who are called by God and who are anointed by God. But you want to know what? They can be wrong too. And so when I tell you, that getting vengeance won't help because what if they are anointed? With the Holy Spirit just reminding me to tell you, don't put your hands or mouth on another child of God. Because it's not going to work out how you think. Let God deal with your enemies, whether they're in the pulpit or whether it's Satan himself. Let God deal with your enemies how he needs to deal with them. And even if you got revenge, for one, you're turning back around on yourself. But even if you got revenge, it'll help for a little while. And it'll gratify your flesh for a little bit. But then your flesh is going to want something else. Because you want to know why? The flesh is carnal. And what is carnal? Carnality is of the world. And what happens when you get things of the world? You're going to keep wanting it more and more and more. Because the things of the world can never satisfy a child of God. The things of the world can't even satisfy a person who's not saved. Because the things of the world can't feed your soul, but it can feed your flesh. This is why you keep needing it. 
when we take the opportunity away from God to handle a situation, then God will gladly back off and continue to allow you to handle it. Whether you think you've handled it well, you will never be able to handle a situation and your enemies and those who've hurt you the way that God can and the way that God does. Because God knows what you need and God knows what that person needs. Okay, because think about it like this. We all want to be vindicated when we are done wrong. When we've been wrong. This feeling is natural. It's, it's absolutely natural. Because we were never supposed to experience hurt. We were never supposed to experience pain. But look at it like this. We all hoop and holler about Paul. Oh, Paul was anointed. When people walked past his shadow, they got healed. When, when, his, when his robe touched people, they received their sight. Paul wrote two-thirds of the, the New Testament. But what if someone would have killed Paul before Jesus got a hold of him? What if somebody said, you know what? Paul done had a lot of Christians murdered. He done had a lot of people of the Jewish faith hung and tortured. What if somebody would have killed Paul before his time, back when he was still named Saul, before he was converted, before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus to do more dirt? What if somebody would have took his life? We would have never known who he was. And I know some of you are crying out now from all the things that was done to you. You may be saying, well, you don't know what I've been through. No, I don't. But you don't know what I've been doing, what I experienced with church hurt. Granted, my church hurt is not as nearly as bad as a lot of people's. But I promise you, we still serve the same God who knows how to heal you on the inside and get your enemies back. But God getting your enemies back shouldn't be the reason why you're happy. The reason why you should be happy is because God knows how to restore your soul to where one day from now you will say, you know what, it was good that I was afflicted it was good that that thing happened to me because I wouldn't be the person who I am today I wouldn't be where I am today it was good that I was afflicted so when you get to that part and you get to that place in life when you're so healed and you're so blessed you're gonna start saying things like that if that wouldn't have happened to me I wouldn't be where I am right now and although you will confuse the enemy by your praise it will now become your testimony. Let God handle your enemies. You want to be vindicated. The feeling is normal. The feeling is natural. It's okay. You're supposed to feel that way. But it's what we do. It's what you do in those moments or the moments after that will determine how fast you heal. If there's one thing that I know it's that 100% of the time, 100, 100, if I could say that 50, 11 million times, 100% of the time, we are the ones in the way of our own healing. It's not the finances. It's not the car. It's not the post office. It's not your last two relationships. It's not what your daddy did to you when you were four years old. It is you 100%, 100% of the time when you are on your healing journey. You are 100% responsible for how fast you heal. Because our healing is between us and the Lord. 
Your healing is between you and the Lord. And God is going to always be ready with open arms to walk you in this process. But 100% of the times, you are going to be in the way of your own self. Whether it's through deeds, thoughts, emotions, words, whatever. Okay, so think about that the next time you figure, you know what, let me really start my healing journey. Because if you can get into your mind that that it is now your responsibility to be healed, it is now your responsibility to be whole, you will stop making an excuse that everyone else is the problem. And you're going to take responsibility for your own life. And you're going to know, you're going to say, you know what, God, I'm ready this time. No matter how much it hurts to heal. Because let me tell you something, and that's another thing about your healing journey, healing from church hurt, is that it's going to hurt more to heal than it did when you got hurt. Without forgiveness, again, I am going to say there is no freedom. You can talk about being free. You can try to fake it till you make it. You can try to walk into your blessings. But let me tell you something. If you do not forgive, you're not going to be walking in any blessings. And you're not going to be free. And that's the thing that the, the devil doesn't want you to know. He doesn't want you to know that if you hold on to unforgiveness, you're going you're gonna to stop yourself up. You're going to hinder your walk with Christ. You're going to stop yourself from your blessings. You're going to stop certain doors from being open. Because God is saying, the place that I am taking you, your heart has to be free. Your mind has to be free. You have to have a new way of thinking. Secondly, what would help you along this journey called forgiveness and healing is to stop internalizing the damage that has already been done. The desire to keep a mental tab or something that has been long gone will drive you insane until you have no more mental space to hold it together. You ever see those people who 10 years after the tragedy, they finally lose their, their marbles and like end up in a nut house or, you know, end up somewhere taking pills for this and pills for that and pills for bipolar. Now, I'm not knocking uh, people who are clinically diagnosed with all this stuff. I don't know anything about it, but I am saying that a lot of the times, if you look back on people's lives, there was some type of traumatic experience that was a catalyst for driving them forward. And, and until they stopped, they probably would have not gone that far. And God is saying, this is what he don't want you to be. God saying, he don't want you 80 years old on your deathbed crying out because you had held on to all this hurt and all this pain. It could also be some type of trauma in your life that you have never dealt with. That is the driving force behind this. And I'm going to tell you something that I read from an article. I read in the article that those people who need to hold on to pain stems from a derivative from unhealed trauma. Why? Because unhealed trauma latches on to new pain. Why? Because it's a familiar feeling. You wonder why you keep ending up in this place and ending up in that place and ending up with this person, ending up in this situation, ending up in there is because that pain, that trauma that you've never dealt with is crying out to be either touched with more pain so that way you can ignore the traumatic experience that happened before or it could be your body, your body's way of crying out that I need to be healed. 
which really internally in bottom line is, is that that really is a sign that you need to be healed. For one, based on your, your traumatic experience alone. But for the simple fact that you keep latching on to, to certain painful things and, 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 and certain things keep happening to you. is because that pain is trying to re-manifest itself. Because your pain is saying, look, if you're, gonna, if you're not going to heal and you're not going to get whole and you're not going to move on, at least keep feeding me. This is why every year that goes by, you get angrier and angrier and angrier. The process of constantly hurting yourself is causing more trauma than the traumatic event itself. And honestly, after a while, you got to stop blaming everybody, including the person in the pulpit. Because like I said before, the responsibility that the reoccurring pain that you're experiencing is all on you. And I know it sucks. It sucked for me too a lot of years ago. Now I'll tell you this, even though I said it in the video uh, almost two years ago, I had confided in a pastor because I was going through you know, a rough period in my life and, 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 and things didn't really add up. And so a pastor who I trusted, we talked. And, you know, of course, we went behind closed doors, of course, you know, within, within the church and, you know, everything was professional. But I did not know that this pastor was on this person's side who had, who had already spread rumors and everything within the church about me. So we went behind closed doors. I spoke to him and I was and I was uh, addressing some of the issues. And so uh, that same day, he was like, you know, are you going to uh, because this was before church service. He was like, are you going to stay for church service? I was like, yeah, I'll stay for church service and whatnot. So I stayed for church service. And let, let me tell you, that was an eye opener because not only did that man tell all my business in front of the congregation and, and the people in the pews and, and everything, one of the statements that he made that I will never forget, he said, and the reason why I told her business was because she did not ask for a, con a confidentiality agreement. And he said that pastors and chaplains and, and, and ministers have a confidentiality um, um, to, they have they have the the right to uphold their confidentiality, but until it's agreed upon, they don't have to. So basically, in a pulpit, what he was saying is, is that, yeah, I told your business, and I said to myself, I said, wow, I have never been so disappointed and hurt within a church setting. But let me tell you something. At one point down the line, after a few years, I, I chose to forgive him. Wasn't that I needed to? Wasn't that I was told to? It was just something that God had put on my heart. I said, you know what? I'm going to forgive. And although it took a few years, I forgave. And then after a few years, I actually ended up going back to the church. Not knowing who was there, but I was in town. And I was like, you know what? I feel like going to church, you know, um... And, you know, when you're traveling, when you're on vacation, you know, you, you if you're like me, you're, you kind of sometimes miss the church home in a, in a church setting. So I was wanting to go to church and I ended up going to church to the, to the same church on a Sunday. And, you know, he was like, oh, it's good to see you, blah, blah, blah. He, he was like, you know, when you get a moment, can I talk to you? 
So I was like, okay, fine, you know, whenever, you know, after the church service is over and whatnot, you know, you know, I can sit down and talk to you now. Not thinking anything of it because by, by this time I had long done forgave him. You know, I wasn't even thinking that he would even speak to me and apologize. And so he sat me down and he was like, you know, I want to apologize for saying what I said in the pulpit all those years ago. And then he went on to explain and he was like, the person who told the rumors about you and he was like, he had told everybody in church too. He was like, we ended up realizing and seeing that he was more of a problem than any other person was. And he was like, he did it to another female in a church. And he was like, after that had happened, he realized that he was a problem and not the girls that he was talking about. And he realized then that what he had said about me was wrong and God had put it on his heart that he was wrong. And he was like, all these years I wanted to apologize to you, but I never knew how to get in contact with you. So do you see how when you forgive and when you do your part and you let go, do you see how God will put put a desire on your heart to align sometimes with the person who has done you wrong? Because if they truly are a child of God and if they truly are sorry, and if God truly has worked on their heart, a lot of times God is going to reconnect you in, in order for another level of healing to take place in order for an apology to take place even though it probably isn't needed but on his end I'm pretty sure he needed it more than I did but the thing is is that it, it was it was funny how God had it be aligned to where I had a desire to go to the church and, and he had already repented and he had already went before the Lord and he already had um, realized the truth you know what I'm saying? And and I tell you that story to tell you is, is that a lot of times, 90, 90% to 100% of the times, when you forgive the person who hurt, who hurt you, when you forgive the people who hurt you, and when you go in about your business not even thinking, oh, well, I know I'm going to get an apology soon. When you just go in and live your life, a lot of times God will will have the apology come in, in, in an unexpected way. And not that you should look for it. But just to go to live your life so that way when it comes to you, if it does, you're in a healthy place to receive it. Because sometimes when people truly repent, a lot of times they really are they really are sorry and they really are hurtful. And this is one of the things that happened when he had apologized. And not only did he apologize to me, he got up in the congregation and he told the congregation what he had done. And he apologized to me in front of the whole church. Now, did he have to do it? No. But you do have some people that they're man enough and they're woman enough that if they if they embarrass you or hurt you publicly, they will apologize publicly. Nowadays, you, you don't really have that a lot. You know, a lot of people, they'll hurt you publicly, but then they'll try to apologize in private. You know what I'm saying? So... This person showed me, he showed me that he was man enough to embarrass me in public, but he was also humble enough and more of a man of God to apologize in public. Right? You see what I'm saying? So that was one of the things that I experienced in church. And that was my church hurt. But the thing is, is that I had chosen to forgive. And I chose to to forgive him way before he even got a chance to apologize to me. And through forgiveness, I didn't need an apology. But an apology came. And some of you are probably saying, well, they're dead long gone. You know, they ain't apologized to me. 
the the thing about forgiving is, is that you forgive in order to set yourself free. You, you forgive in order to, to, to free that person from you. Because every time you hold on to unforgiveness, to an offense that somebody has done towards you, is like being chained to them and you're dragging them around. Now imagine by the time you were 35 years old, 18 people done hurt you so bad, but you're carrying them around in the spiritual realm with these chains chained to you. And it's weighing your soul down and it's weighing your mind down because God says you're not, to, you're not meant to carry these chains. He says you think you're free, but you're in bondage. Every day that goes by that you hold on to unforgiveness, that you don't let the pain go, that you don't let the memory go. He says you're going to stay within that prison that you've created for yourself. And in thinking about that story and then giving you my testimony. And as I was writing this sermon or for this podcast, I realized I was like, man, there's a lot of people walking around with church hurt. Because a lot of times when God gives me things to write, I write it and I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a zone. But when I actually got through like the middle of my message of writing, it really dawned on me. I said, there's a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people walking around with church hurt. People who have wronged them in some type of way. I don't care if they were a leader in the church. I don't care if they were in ministry. I don't care if they were the usher. I don't care if they was a Sunday cook. I don't care if they were the drummer or, you know, the pastor's child, the pastor's wife. Some type of person within a church hurt you. And now you're walking around with church hurt to the point to where every person that you see with a Bible, you don't like. Everybody who has a title of minister or apostle or, you know, prof, prof, you know, prophetess this and, and, and apostle that, you cringe. Every time someone invites you to church, you cringe. Whenever people give you a scripture, you, you, you shut down. That's church hurt. When any and everything about God and the Bible and church remind you of the pain that you experience. At whatever stage of life, that's called church hurt. And God says he wants you to be delivered. He wants you to be delivered from the church hurt. From the thing that had you bound. And God says that you may have even been a part of the church where they knew the pastor hurt you. They knew the minister hurt you. They knew the worship leader hurt you. And they may have even been on their side, the same thing that happened to me when I was hurt in the church. And when a guy was spreading rumors about me, they believed him and took his side. And he knew that they would believe him. I too was looked at as, oh, look at her. I know what that's like. But you know what? Evil doesn't win. It doesn't. Evil doesn't win. Even if you think they took their, took their side, you have more people on your side than they do. 
You have God on your side. You have Jesus on your side. You have the Holy Spirit on your side. And you have legions of angels in heaven that are ready to go to bat for you. You have angels that God has assigned to your life to guide and protect you. Trust me, you have better protection than some of them do that are not walking to in according to the will of God. And God is saying because of all the hurt, because you, you hate God and everything that has to do with the church, the tabernacle, the temple, the Bible. God wanted me to tell you that he knows you're hurting. He says he knows your pain. As his child, he feels your pain. God says trust him. Trust him that he won't let them get away with what they did. But you have to turn over to him. And you have to trust him. With this church hurt. God says he doesn't want you to hate him because it wasn't him that hurt you. You can't control what they've done to you and God can't control what they've done either. And you may be thinking, well, if God is God, why didn't he stop it? God gives the people the freedom of choice. And he gives people the power to choose freedom. But how you choose that freedom is up to you. How they chose that freedom was up to them. And God wanted me to say this too. For those of you who are mad at God, it is not his fault. I know you may be mad at God right now. I know you may be mad at God right now. But I want you to do one thing. And this is what God put on my heart to tell you. I want you to do one thing. You're mad at God, but I want you to do this one thing. If you could do me just a tiny, tiny, small favor, right? I want you to take a few minutes to sit before God. Even if you got clenched teeth because you feel like this is too much hurt, this is too much pain. I want you to take a few minutes. I don't care if you're in your car, if you have to go to the bathroom at work, if you have to go step off to the side. Sit before God for a few seconds, for a few minutes and say out loud, say, God, I know I've been upset with you. But would you please forgive me for my sins and forgive me for my anger and help me to deal with the debris from everything that happened to me in the church. Tell him, say, I recognize that the person who represented you is not you. And I blamed you because I was trying to to make you and him or you and her one and one. But I know now that Man can never be like you. We can only strive to be like Jesus Christ, but we can never be you. And I have to accept the human side of the person you called to be in a pulpit. And I want you to pause this podcast. I don't even care if you don't listen to the rest of it. I want you to pause this podcast and I want you to do exactly as I said. Because some of you, God wants you to deliver today. He says you've been holding on for this too long. I want you to pause this podcast and I want you to think about that and I want you to say that out loud and I want you to invite God into the place. Even if you got to pull over on the side of the road and into a safety zone to do so, go ahead and do it.
There is no time like the present, and I don't want Satan to steal another moment from you by tempting you to stay mad any longer than you have to. I don't want you to steal any more moments from yourself by holding on to the anger, by taking the bait of Satan, by not letting go, by thinking that the longer I hold on to this hurt and pain, Hopefully, I'll be vindicated. And God is saying, as long as you hold on to the hurt and pain, God said, there's going to be no vindication. Not because he doesn't love you, but because God wants you to walk in his word and his will before he corrects anybody else. Because God cares about your heart's posture. God cares about where you're going. Not that he doesn't care about them. He cares about them and he's going to work on them. But God's going to work on you. Because remember, even though God may, it may have seemed like God allowed it. God does not like when people in the church, especially those of the household of faith. He does not like when we hurt each other. He does not like when a hurt comes from the pulpit. Because he knows that that's not him. And he knows that when people do that, it's going to send people away from the congregation. So I hope that this was a blessing to you. I hope that you can take this and I hope that you can take this message. And let go and forgive. Let go and let God. The three B's. Validation, vindication, and vengeance. I know that when one of those three things happen, you feel like you've been heard. You feel like you've been been seen. But sometimes that doesn't come easy. Sometimes it doesn't come at all. But you know what? You got to think about it like this. Why would you keep yourself in a mental, emotional, and spiritual prison when Jesus Christ died and paid for you to be free? I pray that you take this to heart and I pray that by the end of 2023 going into 2024, I pray that letting go of the church hurt and walking in freedom and walking in love. And I pray that by the end of 2023, the beginning of 2024, that you have the courage to love and the mindset to walk inside of a church because God misses you. He misses you within his church home. He's, he misses you fellowshipping with other people. He knows that iron sharpened iron. And I pray that this message was a blessing to you. And in Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen.